Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Friday of the 16th week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Show favour, O Lord, to your servants, and mercifully increase the gifts of your grace, that made fervent in hope, faith and charity, they may be ever watchful in keeping your commands. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from Prophet Jeremiah. Come back, disloyal children. It is the Lord who speaks, for I alone am your master. I will take one from a town, two from a clan, and bring you to Zion. I will give you shepherds after my own heart, and these shall feed you on knowledge and discretion. And when you have increased and become many in the land, then it is the Lord who speaks. No one will ever say again, where is the ark of the covenant of the Lord? There will be no thought of it, no memory of it, no regret for it, no making of another. When that time comes, Jerusalem shall be called the throne of the Lord. All the nations will gather there in the name of the Lord and will no longer follow the dictates of their own stubborn hearts. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord will guard us like a shepherd guarding his flock. The Lord will guard us like a shepherd guarding his flock. O nations, hear the word of the Lord. Proclaim it to the far off coasts. Say, he who scattered Israel will gather him and guard him as a shepherd guards his flock. The Lord will guard us like a shepherd guarding his flock. For the Lord has ransomed Jacob, has saved him from an overpowering hand. They will come and shout for joy on Mount Zion. They will stream to the blessings of the Lord. The Lord will guard us like a shepherd guarding his flock. Then the young girls will rejoice and dance. The men, young and old, will be glad. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will console them, give gladness for grief. The Lord will guard us like a shepherd guarding his flock. Alleluia, alleluia. Happy are they who have kept the word with a generous heart and yield a harvest 
through perseverance. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, You are to hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom without understanding, the evil one comes and carries off what was sown in his heart. This is the man who received the seed on the edge of the path. The one who received it on patches of rock is the man who hears the word and welcomes it at once with joy. But he has no root in him. He does not last. Let some trial come or some persecution on account of the word, and he falls away at once. The one who received the seed in thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this world and the lure of riches choke the word, and so he produces nothing. And the one who received the seed in rich soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He is the one who yields a harvest and produces now a hundredfold, now sixty, now thirty. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Here we have the explanation that Jesus gives to his disciples of the parable of the sower. Um, If you remember, Jesus tells the parable of the sower quite openly and broadly to the whole crowd that's gathered in order to hear him. And then, pulling away from the crowd, the disciples ask Jesus, look, why do you talk to them in parables? And, And he says, well, look, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven are revealed to you, but they're not revealed to them. That... If you don't come to the parable with a sense of receptivity, with a sense of wanting to see, to hear, and to understand, if you come to the parable without a desire to change and to be healed, well, then the parable's not going to bear its fruit. It's not going to have its impact. Fair enough. So Jesus now speaking to his disciples. So as opposed to the crowd, which are more broadly those who are who are, you know, evaluating Jesus, he's now talking to his believers, his followers. And he goes, right, let me explain this thing to you then. And this explanation, it needs to be received in the spirit which Jesus has described to want to see, to hear, to understand. A mind that's willing to learn, a heart that's willing to change. And that's what we need to bring now to this explanation of the parable. So, familiarly, Jesus speaks of these four conditions into which the seed is sowed. The path where it just kind of glances off and gets gobbled up by the birds. The shallow soil where the seed germinates quickly, but then the sun fries it and it dies. Then the seed that falls among the thorns where the pursuits of the world kind of choke out the soil. And then, of course, you know, the rich soil where a harvest is yielded of 30, 60, and 100 fold. Now, in order to listen to this parable as disciples, we need to come to it with a willingness to hear what the Lord is saying to us. Not just to hold the parable at arm's length and go, well, what does this thing mean? But what is this thing saying to me? What does it mean 
for my life. Because at the end of the day, the scriptures, you know, they're a living word. The gospels aren't merely a historical document of everything that Jesus said. It's not just a collection of sayings. It's a living word because the Holy Spirit addresses it to us now, speaks it to us in our hearts now. And so I think we're invited to consider what soil we are. The word continues to be sowed in us today. The Holy Spirit is addressing this word to us today. So so where does it land? I think it's too simple for us to say, well, I go to Mass on Sundays or, you know, at least when I'm able to, when we don't have coronavirus pandemics. But, you know, I go to Mass on Sunday. I'm on the plan giving program. I give regularly to the church. I'm a member of the parish pastoral council and I do the vacuuming in the church once a month. How am I not the good soil producing a harvest of a hundredfold? Come on. And, you know, just so you don't think that I merely stick it to lay people, (laughs) the same kind of attitude is among priests. What are you talking about? I'm the one who preaches this gospel. How is it that I don't understand it? Or how is it that it needs to speak to me and you? Hmm. Well, it kind of does. Because if we come with the presumption that this thing's already fully incorporated into my life, that seed, it bounces off the road and gets gobbled up. That can happen to priests, religious, lay people, and non-believers. So what about the shallow ground? What happens when trials and persecutions come along? Um, actually, let's not make it quite so dramatic. What about this? What happens when I get busy? Work piles up a bit. Uh, you know, you've got to drive the kids to their extracurricular activities. Got to do my tax return. There's a bunch of bills that need paying. The paperwork stacking up. What happens to my prayer life? Where are my priorities? There might not be a terrorist that runs into the church and tells me to apostatize or die. Uh, but maybe we don't need one. To give up prayer. Jesus speaks about the seed that falls among thorns. That the worries of the world and the lure of riches can choke out the germination of this seed. So, fair enough. Good question. This coronavirus pandemic, has it caused me to trust God more or less? Am I a worried Christian? Or maybe I'm a distracted Christian. Now, the concerns of the world are always going to be there. I mean, you know, I've got to feed my family. I've got to make sure that my kids are educated. I've got to make sure that all sorts of needs are met that are part of my vocation. But where are my priorities? Am I really striving to respond to my vocation first and then allowing everything else to fall into place? Or... Have I kind of taken the reins for myself and decided that, hey, look, I've got to accumulate the most wealth or honour and reputation or power that I possibly can? Here's a little test to see how captured we are by attachment to things of this world. Can I give it away? If God asked me to give of my money, or if God asked me to forego a promotion at work, or if God asked me to 
be content to be misunderstood by others and, and perhaps not admired or esteemed. Um, can I let it go? What if there was some entertainment or amusement that was harming my relationship with God and he said, look, enough of that. Can I turn away from it? The job of becoming rich soil for the word, it's kind of a lifelong job when you stop and look at it like that. So where is the word of God landing right now? What's Jesus telling us? A true disciple will be one who has eyes that long to see, ears that long to hear, and a heart that seeks to understand. So I find that when we ask the Lord this prayer, Lord, show me how to be a better Christian. That is a prayer that Jesus answers pretty quickly and pretty regularly. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, Come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test. And deliver us from every danger, 
O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.